Hi everyone, and welcome to Shakti Speaks. I'm Nala. And I'm Marco. And today we're going to be recording our introduction episode to our podcast. We're going to be sharing a little bit about who we are, how we got here, and what this podcast is going to be about. And it feels very fitting because today is our five-year anniversary of being together to the day. (laughs) Yeah, we really wanted this podcast to feel personal and for you guys to get to know us before we move into this journey all together. So here we are. Welcome. Maybe we can start by sharing just a bit about the highlights of our of our lives, if you want to get started with that. Yeah. So, a little bit about my life. I was born in Massachusetts to two immigrant Ukrainian parents. Yesterday was actually the 31st anniversary of my parents coming to America. So they came to the States in 91 with my two older brothers, and then I was born almost a year later in October. So my upbringing was, I would say, very dualistic looking back now, a lot of joy and a lot of trauma. I grew up in, yeah, also a dualistic kind of split environment in terms of American and Russian. I grew up with a really big Russian family. My dad was one of nine, and all of his siblings were here in the States, and Um, My mom's whole family is still to this day in Ukraine. So my upbringing was a lot of cousins, a lot of church, a lot of um, indoctrination as well. That was a really big part of my story, just, you know, growing up in that kind of a community and not really having very much reference to anything outside of that world. So I think that deeply influenced my life. So Russian was my first language and was, of course, a strong influence in my childhood and adolescence. And I feel like I started to sort of more branch out into American culture when I started to go to school in kindergarten, learned English, and started to have more American friends, which for many people in my church was a no-no. So I kind of got both of those worlds. And had a pretty standard, you know, upper middle class, white upbringing, was relatively safe and pretty chill overall. I didn't feel like I really knew myself throughout my adolescence and even into early adulthood. I felt like I hadn't at all tapped into my creativity and who I really was. And I feel like that didn't really start until I went to college. So I went to UMass Amherst and studied business and psychology and sophomore year started to get more into my physical fitness and physical self. And I feel like that really started to open me up to my own physical and inner strength. And I feel like that was the start of a lot of shifts in perspective for me. I also started to really get into hiking and nature at that time and My world was starting to shift without me really consciously knowing it yet. After I graduated from college, I worked at a software company just outside of Boston for a year and feels like another lifetime looking back on that. I was very much dissatisfied. I wasn't interested in the work I was doing and my soul was calling out for depth and actual resonance with what I was doing day to day. So there came a point where I did a solo trip to San Diego, California, and my life really shifted when I realized there were so many endless possibilities and and different ways of being, different ways of life from a little bit more of this kind of boxed in view I was living in Massachusetts. So I felt this spontaneous pull to move there and to discover what more life had for me. So in March of 2015, I moved to California and from there my life really started to speed up and unravel. I 
I had an amazing time there, some months of getting into myself, getting more into yoga and an actual spiritual community, acro yoga, being in nature, all these things that I was curious about started to really become the center of my life. Come September of that year, so just about six months of living there, kind of felt like it was a peak time of my life there because everything was just feeling good and flowing. And yet I had this inner call to travel and I felt like that was the time. Even at the time, I kind of questioned it and felt like, well, maybe I should, you know, hang out some more and travel later. But I had a couple friends that really wanted to go on this trip and we made it happen. Life really conspired for us to fly to the big island of Hawaii and I sold my car I quit my job that was like round two of the you know spontaneous adventure of life that was calling me forth and it was really my soul calling me forth so I followed that call and had some beautiful months traveling with some friends in Hawaii in Big Island, at Maui, and Kauai, and then met a close friend who's still one of my best friends to this day. And we traveled all around the world. It was really, that year was so much awakening to myself and to different ways of life. And I traveled in Southeast Asia and Australia and landed back in Portugal, where my friend is from, and then came back to the States. And So now we're around 2016, and it was definitely a difficult integration coming back to my life as I knew it. So about a year after traveling, I got back. This is September of 2016, and my next chapter of my life was a relationship that perhaps I'll get into in another podcast, but that was deeply healing and very expansive and grounding, really nourishing for my journey at that point. And we ended up parting ways in 2017. And at that point, I bought a van and decided to go back down south from Northern California where I was living. And again, just immerse into myself. I was really interested in music. I felt the call to start drumming. All of these creative parts of myself were starting to emerge. And I was curious of what was next. I also was really craving a deeper immersion with my own spirit and getting deeper into meditation and true spiritual practice, not just, you know, going to my yoga classes and and doing my acro yoga with friends, but also, you know, really healing those parts of myself and then beyond that, establishing a deep spiritual practice. So this is what I was calling in in the summer of 2017. So I would say my next chapter really began with a Vipassana And that was a 10-day silent meditation retreat where we meditate for 10 hours a day for 10 days. And it was exceptional. It was sensational. And it really changed my life. It was the deepest experience I had had of myself to that point in my life. So I emerged from it with so much stillness and peace and a deep desire to continue in this direction of tending to my spirit in this really profound way. So my next move was driving up to Oregon for some festivals that I was going to be a part of. I was going to work some of them and also just hang out at some of them. And this first one was the first festival I was ever going to go to on my own. And I was a bit nervous about it, but also excited. And it was Beloved Festival. And I ended up meeting Marco on the first day that I got there, which was really soothing to me because once I did get there, I felt a lot because I was in that really sensitive place and I felt a little bit isolated in myself. You know, so many people were reuniting and there I was being like, oh, what am I doing here? And yeah, we were both on the dance floor at a stage and there was a beautiful couple that we had kind of been familiar with from Hawaii and they were singing a love song. And I spotted Marco in the front row 
We had actually been friends on Facebook because my best friend that I traveled with had stayed with him for some time when we were on Big Island and I had just missed meeting him. So there was some sense of familiarity, but no connection yet. And I think he felt me staring at the back of his head, (laughs) turned around and we made eye contact. And then that was five years ago to this very day. (laughs) So that's my general life story. The biggest things that have impacted me and I'll have Marco share some of his top highlights and then we can talk a little bit more about our relationship yeah. yeah. I was born also on the East Coast in New Jersey. And my mom is from Nicaragua. And my dad is, he was from New Jersey, but his background is Ukrainian, Polish, Jewish, non religious. So Spanish was my first language. An interesting parallel to you. Mm hmm. And in the same way, when I went to school, I had to start learning English. And then I have remembered and forgotten really fluent Spanish many times over the years. Um, But it's always felt like that Latin dimension of my heart feels most homey to me. It's always felt most like myself. And I've always been very close to my mother. So I was one of four boys and we lived in just kind of like middle class New Jersey. We went from like lower to middle class as I was growing up. And then um, and then at around seven to eight years is when we started moving a lot. I had already moved once from East Brunswick to North Brunswick in New Jersey. And then suddenly I found myself in northern Georgia in this town called Gainesville. And then in southern Georgia in this town called Vidalia or as they say, Vidalia. So in Georgia, I was there for five years total. It was a really interesting immersion for me. And somewhere in between those five years, I spent eight months in Nicaragua. Really got to be immersed in the culture there, lived with my aunt and my mother. And this is when my parents split and had this kind of wild international divorce case going on. How old were you? I was about 10 when they split. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we used to go to Nicaragua every summer and this time we just ended up staying longer and, you know, there's a lot going on. That's a whole big story right there, but ended up coming back to Georgia and had a really difficult time with my parents' divorce. They, it was a really intense divorce and my father ended up getting custody, even though I was closer to my mother. So that was very difficult. And, um. And so, yeah, I spent some time there in Georgia and we moved to South Florida when I was about 13. And at this time I started getting into my angst years. I was wearing all black. I met some friends in high school that helped encourage me in that direction and started painting my fingernails black. And I was listening to lots of metal. Music's always been a huge part of my life. I have very eclectic taste, but I was definitely heavy on into the angry metal music for some years and exploring that dark underbelly of society from maybe 13 to 16 ish 17 started to come out of it was dating this venezuelan girl and had my friend all my friends were close and we were playing music and so i started to kind of come out of that darkness around that time and pretty soon thereafter is when i started to remember my yogic path i ended up at the right metaphysical shops at the right times for these Reiki circles. And I remember taking this book off the shelf once and it said, when the student is ready, the master, the teacher will come. And so that was a really big moment for me because I felt like I was starting to really take my path seriously. And yeah, shortly after that, I was initiated into Kriya Yoga, a very beautiful yogic path that was made popular by Paramahansa Yogananda and his autobiography of a yogi. So that was life-changing. And from that, that day forward, I was totally dedicated to my path. And um, 
went into this really massive transformation with everything. I was experimenting with fasting. I shifted my diet in big ways. My sleep schedule, just everything was a revolution in my life. And I started to really experience a lot of mystical states. And at this time I was in college. Um, my journey was just like lightning path. I, I was just totally focused. I went celibate from ages 19 to 24 about. And that was my life. So I was finishing my religion degree at college when my father invited me and my brothers onto a, a trip to Africa. We used to do some trips in the summers. So this was kind of like a reunion after some years of us not having done it for a while growing up. And a few days into that trip, it was supposed to be a self-drive safari. We were in a rollover car wreck and I ended up being in a coma for two weeks. Um, this was at the pinnacle of my spiritual journey. So it was very, it was very otherworldly for me. I had already been experiencing a lot of out of body um, meditations and journeys. And so it was very, very interesting the way that I was launched out of my body and ended up in a coma for two weeks and had a lot of travels out of body and went to the highest of the heavens, the lowest of the hells, and really learned a lot about myself and my purpose for existence, you know? I had been really wanting to just leave this world behind and transcend it, but something in that journey showed me that I was actually here to be of service and help to bridge worlds, bridge realities. So I'll get into that whole journey in some other podcast because there's a lot to say about it very difficult part of it was that two of my brothers passed on that journey. So obviously that was very traumatizing for me and my family and has taken a lot to, to move through that. Um, but it also provided a lot of lessons and a lot of light after the initial shock, you know, and it's taken some years to integrate that. But I was able to recover very quickly because of my yogic practice and um, the diet I was practicing and it was very, very miraculous. You know, it was really a special initiation in my life. All this going on, you can see how tragedy can also be really beautiful. And, um, so I, I ended up, I, although I had many, many injuries, I was able to recover. And within a year I had graduated college and was on my way to India and I had a one-way ticket, and I told my parents, you might not have grandkids. I said, I'm going to be a monk, and this is my life, and that's it. And maybe three-quarters of the way through that journey is when I realized I was actually meant to be integrated more with human life, and I wasn't meant to just escape to the Himalaya like I wanted. I had already received so much, and had so many of my grand yogic fantasies satisfied that as much as I was kind of kicking and screaming, I, I knew deep within that I was here to be in the world and help create a bridge, not just escape it. So I got back to the States and went on this kind of crazy yogic journey with my brother, chasing gurus around the U.S. and California and Colorado and things like this. And, um, came into partnership. That's when I ended my celibacy. I was about 24 and I had a three and a half year relationship. And that relationship ended up taking me to Hawaii, to Big Island here. At the very beginning of 2014, um, we spent about a year here together, did some travels and ended up breaking up. Learned a lot. We'll share more about that on our relationship podcast. And then spent a couple years in Hawaii here by myself, really learning myself again. After such a deep immersion with somebody, I was in my Saturn return and I just experienced such deep peace. It was really amazing. So this was like 2015, 2016. Exactly. Around yeah. the times when I was traveling and we were 
just missing each other yeah i mean i think i saw you at the lawn once yeah you know? yeah i was like oh who's that pretty girl yeah and, and then i probably friended you because of that actually and um yeah so 2016 mm-hmm. and then I was, and life was like not quite yet like yeah. you're still kind of you know resetting yourself and exactly. then i was not in a i was not ready for that yet yeah i was just really spending a lot of time by myself writing music and mm-hmm. being at the beach, getting sun. I love the sun and working at an essential oil company. That's a big part of my life. And yeah, just really getting to taste my own, my own peace, my own sweetness, you know, um, which I really needed after that relationship. And, and also just in, in my spiritual path at that time, I didn't know it, but I was preparing for a deep immersion with you. Mm-hmm. So I really needed to be in my own self and, and learn to love myself and, and be in my peace. So I was in a really good place when I got this impulse to go to the mainland and go to these festivals I'd been wanting to go to for a long time. So I bought my ticket to Beloved, to the Oregon Eclipse Festival, and then to Singing Alive and hopped on a plane and I only knew my first ride. It was one of these just like trust falls. I knew that I was going to get picked up in Portland and taken to Beloved. And I didn't know what was happening from there. (laughs) And then I turned around because I felt this heat on the back of my head. And I was like, what's going on here? Did you really? Did you feel heat? No, it wasn't heat. It was just an impulse. I just thought it was funnier that way. Imagine you laser beaming the back of my head. It sounds so creepy. No, you weren't creepy. You were gorgeous. And I felt really calm and peaceful around you. I didn't get that weak in the knees, you know? Yeah. I just got this sense of spaciousness. And I was like, oh, this feels nice. And I invited you to smell some essential oils and hang out. And then we had our beautiful, beloved weekend. Yeah, I also felt really, really comfortable when we met. I remember us hugging and looking into your eyes and just feeling such familiarity, you know, mm. that it really felt like family, like it felt like home, you know? Yeah. And it's true. It wasn't this like, oh my God, you're the one we're going to, you know, it was just like, oh, we're, wow. Hi. You know, like mm-hmm. it felt like I could just be myself. And that whole weekend was just naturally really sweet and self-paced. And, and we had the same three tickets to the same three festivals so we knew we would keep seeing each other Mm -hmm. so we made our way to Oregon Eclipse and spent some time there same with Singing Alive and between those two is when you hopped up in my van yeah (laughs) that was it and I remember being very timid um well we've been hanging out and I know you just got out of know, a relationship a yeah. few months ago and you want your independence, but you know, like, what's the deal? Life is, <laughs> seems to be weaving our hearts together. So what are we going to do? Yeah. And I was, I was open. I definitely felt at that time a natural protection of my spiritual path. But every step of the way, life was like, this is your spiritual path, you know, open your heart. And it was so obvious from really that moment on. And... <laughs> It wouldn't be an exaggeration to say we haven't really left each other's side since then. You yeah, know, it's been but we very... swear we're not codependent. <laughs> we, we just really get along. We're harmonious. We're one of those couples that just really enjoys each other's presence and gets a lot out of it. And feel a lot of twin soul energy naturally. Yeah, you know, in so many dimensions of our lives to the point where it's like I'm kind of hanging out with myself. Yeah, it's really interesting. We like the same things, the same music, the same foods, the same people, the same just everything. And we've done a lot of uh, questioning of this, like, is this healthy? But the more we take space to center into ourselves, the more life shows us that it's possible to live, to cohabitate with somebody if you're in your own still center experiencing your own spirit and your own spaciousness and peace and it happens to resonate with the person next to you then then it's good yeah so we feel super blessed for the way things have worked out yeah and I feel like from my background of psychology and 
trauma resolution, nervous system and attachment history, I think it's also easy to see that codependence is a lot more based in like, I need you, you know, there's this need for each other and there's kind of this um, unhealthy reliance, but I think we both have had enough experiences in our lives individually to where we have a strong center point of our own souls. And from that point, it can be super, super harmonious because we're just flowing in and out of each other without, you know, any demands or expectations. It's just life is naturally having a share in this way. And I feel so, so grateful for it. Yeah. It's nice to talk about on our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that was established right away was a sense of independence. You know, we both came into the relationship a bit unexpectedly, but we both were prepared. She had just done a Vipassana and I had just spent these two years really enjoying my own, my own self and not expecting much from life. So At the beginning, it was actually our independence that we had to um, find a way to maintain it while also releasing certain aspects of it Mm -hmm. so that we could actually be on this relationship journey together. And without realizing it, we were kind of doing this bridge from the transcendent plane and the earthly plane. Like I didn't realize it, but I was looking to be more integrated in my human self Yeah. And when we met, I was really wanting to go deep into my spirit. You know, I had experienced my embodiment to a certain extent, you know, my physical self. And that journey has definitely deepened since. It's definitely an experience of the transcendent and then coming back to self in an even deeper way. But I think we really bridged, you know, we really met in the center, in the heart and Mm -hmm. brought you back down yeah to the earthly plane i was flying high and i didn't know that but i needed relationship to ground me mm-hmm. and to let me really walk on the earth rather than a few inches above it like i was you yeah know? and then you were looking to launch off a little bit so it was, it was really blessed how we met and um we ended up traveling so i did hop up in her van she said <laughs> okay and there was you know there was a little there was some adjustments obviously we had a lot of adjustments and um but it was beautiful overall and we got to travel from oregon all the way down the coast slowly stopping in all of our favorite spots until we got to san diego and then decided to visit our parents on the east coast and then come back and fly over to hawaii yeah so we were here for about eight months before kilauea erupted and so this was May of 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm. May of 2018, we're sitting in an herbal class together with a good friend of ours. And someone busts in the door and says, oh, they just spotted a fissure in Leilani Estates. A crack in the road on... Yeah. And there's steam coming out and it might be something big. So, mm. And we had just done what we we were just doing, the, the Maypole Um the Beltane the Bel- the Beltane celebration festival, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there was a lot moving at that time, and um, my mom was visiting, and it was really a, a really expansive time. It was really wild. We had been sitting in a few medicine ceremonies, and my mom was going through it, and where we were living together, it felt like everybody was coming to suffer together, and it had been raining for months, and then all of a sudden the lava goes off, and it was a really really difficult and powerful time. Yeah, um, y'all can think back to what was going on for you in 2018. I think collectively, yeah. it was it was just like the earthquakes, you know, of of this volcanic eruption. It was like we're starting to see the cracks in the collective, and we know something's about to go down. Yeah, for some years, it's been like that. Yeah, yeah, we experienced a 7.0 earthquake. I saw the earth turn to jelly. It was wild, and then uh, Nala got the signal that she had to go back to. Massachusetts and do some healing. I'm not sure how aware you were of the journey you were about to embark on. I don't really think I was that aware. I think I was aware to a certain extent. I mean, my soul knew I needed some support, you know, but I had been in and out of, to varying degrees, some eating disorders and just, yeah, 
dysfunctional living. You know, I was, I, a lot of my childhood traumas had manifested in this way of a lot of focus on control, perfection, food, body, all these kinds of things, which I'm sure I'll talk about that journey a lot more another time, but I'm really grateful that it landed me back home to a space where I had the safety and the grounding and my mother's support to recover and to heal myself and to really just lay low and rest. And it was huge for me. It was definitely the biggest breakdown kind of dark night of the soul that I had experienced you know like there was no comparison at that point in my life so even during that time I had to be alone I had to just fully focus on my path and strip myself completely completely naked and uh, go deep into my own dark underbelly Mm -hmm. and at that point we separated for about a month Maybe, maybe a month and a half. It was a separation that we didn't know. And I didn't know it would ever come back. But I actually wrote songs that I'm looking at now. And the songs, they both say, I'm so grateful, bless your journey. And of course, express my sadness. But they also kind of knew that we would come back together. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't allowed to know that. I had to feel my entire reality crumbling from this beautiful community that had held me for almost five years, the, the best place I felt I'd ever lived, the most deepest roots I had ever um, planted in the, in the yeah. earth, and just the, the best life that I'd ever lived, that I really got to express myself fully through the ecstatic dance community and so many friends. My brother was living up the street. Some of my best friends I met here on island, and um, so everything was crumbling people's houses were being taken by the lava there's no way to really describe the intensity of the molten earth coming up and swallowing everything that you that you hold dear you know the the magnetic pole shifts the the earthquakes like it was really really insane and um so everything that was the summer of everything crumbling and yeah. Somehow I escaped out. It took a lot of momentum to to get out of the energy field and my brother and I flew back to Florida. And um we didn't talk until your birthday. Yeah. So that was I left in July. Um I think we broke up at the end of June maybe. And then I was just kind of bumming around on my friend's couch in Miami, super sad for like a month, just really in agony. And then on my birthday, Nala reached back out and uh, we had an agreement to not talk because she really needed her space. And then we talked for like eight hours or something crazy, seven, seven or eight hours, hours yeah, yeah, on overnight. And, um, and then I was, then I was going to go fly up and meet her back up. Yeah, and I felt like that was sort of the rebirth of our relationship. It was completely resetting everything, and also it gave me the opportunity to be completely embodied in who I am without all of these, you know, the old structures and the old blockages that came with all the eating disorder stuff. I felt like I could actually be myself and have my voice back and have my center back in a deeper way than I had known. So that was really key for us to come into the next big evolution of our relationship. Yeah, and I had to also just completely let go, you know, have zero attachment. That's why we say that this independence has been established in a really strong way from the beginning because even within that first year of feeling like this deep divine love has come into my life, I I had to release that. She had to release that and... um. So everything was crumbling and then we found each other again at the Mm -hmm. right time. And, you know, while I was visiting you that first week is when you found out about your ex-partner passing. Yeah, I got a call from my ex-partner's brother. And again, that's a whole journey in itself, right? One that brought me a lot closer to death and grief and love and all of these beautiful topics that we're here to explore on this earth and super grateful for that experience. Uh, it was of course, extremely difficult. And I, it brought me to back to California, to Northern California for his memorial service. 
and it was very testing because I was not in a physical position really to travel, but my spirit knew that it had to move on. And so it was a hard time for me. And yet the journey continued. And from there, we met back up in Northern California. And the next four years have been a lot of travel, a lot of deep, deep growth together, a lot of developing in our creativity and our music and our spiritual practices and our dharma together i know for me it was kind of my time period of that deep spiritual immersion that we can maybe compare to your times of you know finding the when the student is ready the teacher will come and the yogananda days and kriya and all of that kind of immersion that you had gone through I went through with you which has its pros and cons overall I'm extremely grateful to have had somebody to really support me and keep me on track and reflect to me you know along the way with so much love yeah those four years up until now our fifth year is a lot of expansion and grid work you know we we started to just follow the heart light Ended up in Northern California, followed the heart light to Southern California, to Ojai. Ended up traveling across seas, India, Bali, Thailand, Germany, and ended up back in Northern California. And just then we spent a year and a half in Miami. And that's that's where, you know, I grew up around Miami for a lot of my life. And my mom has lived there for almost 20 years until recently. And so that was a really huge coming home. Mm -hmm. and um activation period for us so we lived there for about a year and a half and it was so lovely and divine it was so unexpected but it made so much sense i feel like there was some definite soul recollection going on there for you and for me i mean i really got to be immersed in and understand latin culture which means i got to understand a a deep core part of your heart Mm -hmm. you know through that and just the fun and living by the ocean and the diversity and the different languages and all the different things we would see every day, the different yeah, people. Yeah, it was it, a wild. It was, it was wild. a beautiful wild ride. Yeah, and I had grown up making fun of South Beach where we lived because it was just like, you know, the in, indulgence and the, the, the material party. lust and the greed and all this. And then I remember one time, Right before we started talking again, I was sitting on South Beach because I was visiting my mom and I was wanting to go to the beach and I was just meditating and I realized there's a really strong Shakti here. It's just what people do with it that's kind of messed up, you know. Mm-hmm. So then that prepared the way for us to live there and it was it was beautiful. Um, I got to do a lot of healing with my mom. She ended up living eight blocks down the street from us and... There was just so much activation and both of us also needed to touch into the material world, you know, and understand that because both of us had lived away from society. I had been on, I'd been on Big Island, which is a whole nother planet pretty much, you know, than the mainland. Yeah, we needed to know what was going on out there. We needed to know. And we had also prayed. I said, Mom, Mother of Life, you know, please bring us somewhere where people are alive because we were in Northern California when the whole pandemic started. And we needed to see people alive. Yeah. So we were so happy when we got to South Florida. It was still a little shut down, but soon enough, the kids were playing again and people mm-hmm. were rollerblading and skating and people go to Miami to just let loose and feel good. So huge activation astrologically there too. It was just healthy for us and got a lot of this started. And that's when we got the idea for this podcast. Um, yeah, we started to have a lot of conversations that naturally felt like they wanted to be shared. Yeah. We kind of always have, but then especially with all the world things going on, we're like, hey, it's really important right now to have both a spiritual and bridge to the material perspective on these things. Right. And then what's always united us is a reverence for the divine feminine. Mm-hmm. And so we found that all these topics were tying into the same kind of themes and that we could we could actually speak about all of these on a podcast and that maybe this podcast will help to contribute to more harmony more more just expansion of the collective heart more serious conversations and um 
Recently, the name came. We had changed names several times over the years, but we landed on Shakti Speaks because we realized that it was our inner Shakti, our inner life force energy that really wanted to express itself, everything that it's really passionate about, that it holds dear to its heart, wanted to be spoken. So Shakti Speaks. It also applied to Shakti as the Divine Mother, and when we're in communion with her in meditation, the things that we feel are very important to discuss from that lens, and um, and what's going on in the world, in society, in humanity, uh, life on earth, how do we address these issues, because they are also so important in our collective evolution, it's not just meditation, it's how do we live our day-to-day -day lives, and how do we approach social issues that are creating division when we want unity right so the the true divine feminine perspective on not just spirituality but also life on earth you know these qualities of what we like to call the yin revolution those qualities of care and nurturing and and also fierce truth you know mm -hmm. like that mother energy so we're going to be exploring a lot of these topics through that lens because that's really what we feel the world needs right now mm-hmm and and the that truth the way that we experience it and having conversations in order to come to more of a collective um harmony with all of these things you know this is the way that we see life and then we want to also invite in people that can help us to expand our own perspectives and uh, a big part of the podcast in shakti speaks is inviting in women who are doing work to empower themselves and others because it's obvious in a thousand and one ways why we need more female leadership on earth why we need more yin energy the nurtures the energies of nurturing and compassion and earth wisdom and intuition and all of these kinds of things that are so grossly ignored on earth or even exploited we need to talk about these things so we also really want to invite in women who are and give a voice for women who are doing work to empower themselves and others and then of course men who are sympathetic and supportive to the yin revolution understanding that we simply need more balance on earth so we need to focus on the yin mm -hmm. yeah so that's a summary of what shakti speaks is all about and Perhaps we can give a little summary of some of the topics we might talk about. Yeah, yeah. I know that one I'm excited about soon is trauma and spirituality because it really encompasses the, some of the work that you do and the work that I do and the bridge we've created. You know, I've learned so much about trauma healing through Nala in my own healing journey through a lot of trauma that has been uncovered in my life and the way that spirituality plays into it, and I'm sure that you've experienced the same thing of how spirituality plays into your healing journey with trauma, so. Yeah, and that also gives a really nice overview of our specialties, which we've kind of hinted at. Right. So maybe you can speak a little bit to meditation and some of the practices that are your yeah. expertise. I teach Kriya Yoga. I've been practicing for over 16, 17 years now. It's been my main focus, and um, I also very early on realized that I don't identify with any particular path or lineage or anything. I, I like to just be an independent agent, you know? I, I just am an open heart receptive to the way that the divine guides, but if I were to describe my path in any way, I would say that I am a Shakta. I am naturally devoted to the Divine Feminine. It came to me at a very early stage in my practice and has always stuck with me. So I've been taught a lot about Tantra and the authentic roots of Tantra, esoteric yoga um, and meditation, mantra, all this kind of stuff. That's my specialty mm -hmm. and, um, and then music really. That's kind of like how it all, what ties it all together, just that the prayer music, the medicine music. Yeah, it's the expression of it. Mm -hmm. It is. It, it is. I love how you said that because all of the lyrics and the melodies and the places that it was birthed from 
You mm-hmm. can feel that that's the background, you know, it's, it's you hanging out in your temple room, but it's from that place of deep stillness and meditation and self-inquiry and deepening into yourself. Mm-hmm. And then my background is in trauma resolution and nervous system regulation and the feminine path of spirituality, feminine embodiment and physical feminine practices. And I feel like the core of my work is to support women in resolving these different fragments within themselves so that they can come into spiritual wholeness. So whether people realize it or not, the practice itself is very spiritually oriented, even though it is trauma-based. So I feel like my life is a natural bridge of trauma and this earthly realm and then our spirits. And so I feel like I've had a really deep dive, not only into my own trauma, which of course has brought me to this work, but also to how the two connect and why it's important to be aware of both, you know, how they influence each other, how trauma influences our spiritual path and can even slow us down or or block us from these deeper places. And then at the same time, um, how our spirit drops into our, our physical bodies and how we can live that here on earth. So, so those are kind of the two specialties that we're into. And then together Mm -hmm. we both have strong influences of both. So I think that podcast will be exciting. Any other topics that? Yeah, I'm excited for you to talk more about your somatic experiencing practice. Also, big one that's come up lately is the movement of female erasure that's happening in the world. It's Mm -hmm. something we really want to talk about and presence. It's something that people are being canceled for talking about, which is obviously not right. Um, this return to the mother energy. Mm-hmm. We want to share insights on the tantric path, on meditation, pranayam, practical practical things like this. We want to explore esoteric yoga and really take apart tantra and neo-tantra and all of that. And then we also want to talk about societal issues and mm-hmm. what's going on in the world. And And we also started this podcast so that we could just get real on a lot of topics and a lot of issues that people are either afraid to talk about or where there's a lot of layers, dense layers of protection or speculation, you know, there's so much going on in the world right now that we're not allowed to talk about. And then whether you're talking about politics and social issues or the spiritual scene where there's a lot of kind of hiding and a lot of a lot of untruth like we really want to unravel these untruths because it'll ultimately help people to go deeper on their path you know and and things that we can all relate to on the spiritual journey where the ego comes in the spiritual ego comes in and takes over and this kind of stuff we want to just have a space to air it out and open conversation so that we can all be liberated from them whether it's a social or spiritual issue it's really all the same it's about human liberation it's about opening the heart to deeper and deeper depths and evolving together yeah i feel relieved just hearing you say that you know i feel relieved at the conversations that are to be had and and just that feeling of seeing things or maybe not even seeing them but then hearing the truth of the matter feels so liberating for the soul and for the collective so i'm really excited to just cut through some of the bs lines and just get to the core of things and Mm -hmm. and start to really live and embody those places right and we're here to learn as much as we're here to share so we also are really excited to just have differing perspectives and get to really unravel these things together Mm -hmm. so that's a big part of the podcast as well Mm -hmm. and some of the topics i'm excited to talk about yes somatic therapy of course relationship Mm -hmm. you know that's we we are on the path of relationship we are growing and awakening through our relationship together and i think we've learned so many golden keys you know of, of relating also just the spiritual path the soul path you know our journeys, some some personal stories I'm sure we'll share along the way. It's a big part of it all. Mm-hmm. Sacred sensuality. Yes. Sex as a mode of healing mm-hmm. and expansion. Mm-hmm. What that really looks like and feels like. Yeah. 
sexual trauma on the planet. Yeah. Right. Huge one. Yeah. We're really, we're really going wide range here, but what the theme that ties it all together is a return to the mother, to mother nature, to the mother within our own hearts and to the mother of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is a lot of what you can expect from this podcast and I think we can tie it all together with where we are now. We stopped with our journey in Miami Mm -hmm. and that was earlier this year, 2022. We had the call to leave and our lease ended in March. So Ma took us on a crazy ride, another adventure where we didn't know where we were going next or what was happening. Full surrender, total synchronicities, the whole whole grace coming in from unexpected places and giving all the divine signs. All the divine numbers. I'm reading The Alchemist again in Spanish around the time that this happened and it's like the perfect, perfectly syncs up with our journey. And Mm -hmm. after all this, this um, end up in back on Big Island. Yeah. Back on, on the root chakra, you know, on and the rebirth island and recently experienced a lot of powerful rebirthing. And radical transformation. In order to get this started. Yeah. So it's feels very fitting that this place has always felt like a home center for us. Maybe not a long term forever home, but a place that's very special for our hearts and our spirits. And we now feel the full alignment to come into our creative selves and our offerings and really be in the world. So it feels like a special time to start to actually bridge and step out of this beautiful little inner cave portal that we've been in for the last five years together. Yeah. And really for both of us our whole lives. Mm-hmm. We haven't, we've not been on screen. I mean, I haven't done, I have like five pictures on my Instagram. I haven't posted on Facebook. Like I'm not in the world. So this is a nice, big, beautiful stepping out at the right time. Mm-hmm. And we're so excited to share more with you. We're so excited to see where this all goes. If anybody wants to be on this podcast and share their special magic and wisdom, we'll see you. Then you understand the themes and we'd love to talk to you about it. And yeah, that's a bit about us and our podcast. We hope you enjoy and that you'll stick around.